This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From a highly secure network of top secret locations, this is the Spurs Insider Podcast. We're going to talk about the big French draft pick that the whole city, the whole country, the whole world is talking about. We're also going to talk about Victor Wembanyama, who was taken the round before CD Sissoko. And uh, like, that's the obvious joke there. I apologize. Had to be done. Um, but I am Mike Finger. I'm your host. I'm joined by Express News beat writers Jeff McDonald and Tom Orsborn. Um, it's almost like... We are far from the only podcast in America, the podcast first podcast in the world to talk about Victor Wembanyama. Do we have anything new to say about this seven foot three? And we're settling on seven foot three, right? Um, do we have anything to say about this guy who's just going to change everything? We're settling on seven three. Uh, the Spurs for now are calling him seven three and a half without shoes, which I always thought was funny because you don't play barefoot. Like, give me his height when he's wearing shoes on the court. That's what I want to know, right? So, sure. He looks taller should than Victor. Should Victor Wembanyama play barefoot? Maybe we can separate ourselves from the other Victor yeah. Wembanyama podcast by tackling that issue. Maybe he could play uh, in clown you... shoes. <laughs> he could. Maybe he could. Uh, <laughs> Tom, what what struck you about the first couple of days of this new era? Well, you guys were around him in, in New York, so you got the first sense of this, but just, just how, you know, articulate, mature, um, and to use a a, uh, a word that his high school principal told me, kind. He's just a, he's, he's just seems like a really, really good kid. And, uh, you know, that's, that's no surprise. And um, it's kind of neat that, you know, we talked about the Spurs getting three, transitional i mean um generational big men in first david robinson tim duncan and now wemby but the commonality is they're all three you know they're not this uh i don't know they've been described as nerdy and you know i right. think that's an accurate description they're they seem to all be cut from the same cloth although tim was kind of a quiet warrior so to speak but um yeah it's just inter- interesting his personality that's that's what i took away from uh yeah it's being not the most important thing but but really all we've seen of him so far is him at press conferences since he was drafted yeah and so he's, he's, been, he's been in command of all of those i mean it's exactly. not the most important thing in the world but he does have a poise and a command of those situation that kind of belies you know that he's, he's only 19 years old speaking not his native language 
Um, and, and the one at the AT&T Center was in the middle of the basketball arena. And yes, the stands weren't filled. There weren't 16,000 people there. But there were a lot of people there in a very big sort of uh, environment and very big um, kind of setup there. Lots of pomp, pomp and circumstances. And he handled, handled himself himself well in that situation. You liked a lot of his answers. I think he was very thoughtful. I think he was quotable. I think uh, we saw glimpses of his sense of humor. Like none of that is important, you know, in terms of winning basketball games, but I think it'll be fun for us and uh, it'll be fun for San Antonio to get to know him more and more. I think. We can review the whole week going back to last Wednesday, the day before the NBA draft. They, well, I guess we can go to Tuesday, which is when uh, Wemby flew into the Big Apple from from his uh, French League finals was mommed at the airport. <laughs> I mean, it from, from the very beginning of him arriving in America, it was it was apparent that this is a different type of superstar than the Spurs have ever had before. They've never yeah, had. I, I wrote this last week. They, they've never had a celebrity before. The guy that the whole country, the whole world talks about. Um, <laughs> Tim Duncan and David Robinson, those guys kind of were able to fly under the radar. That was their thing. Victor Wembanyama is not going to do that. And so you have him being mobbed at the airport. You have him riding the subway to throw out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. Uh, then when we get to talk to him Wednesday at the Weston Times Square where they were doing their, the NBA was doing their pre-draft media availabilities. First of all, he has his own floor, which had never been done before. <laughs> he has a no, huge ballroom ball, yeah. on the fourth floor for his press conference. And then one below, one floor below in the same size ballroom there are, what, six different little breakout areas for the other draft hopefuls to be doing their thing at the same time. So he's a different beast, a different animal. But during his press conference, there's a moment when, you know, we, we all got to ask questions. He, he told me and then answered the answer to my question about um, how he handles this spotlight in a way that some of the Spurs icons before him never really saw the need for it, you know, that like I said before, Tim and David kind of shunned away from, from that kind of stuff. He says, I want to, I don't do, want to do anything halfway. I want to be the best at everything. I want to be the best at the press conference. Like he's the first spur ever to say, I want to be the best at the press conference. But that's kind of just the way he sees things. And like Jeff mentioned, Tom mentioned, he's engaging. He's funny. Um, the backstory to, to him learning English is fascinating to me. Like he decided he wanted to learn English as what a middle schooler, an elementary schooler, because he knew that that's what NBA stars do. Like, it's just, um, he's a human being. Uh, there's there's surely a downside, as there is to to all of us, other than Tom, maybe. Um, we yeah. haven't seen the downside yet. And it just seems like everything, he, he's been born, uh, uh, just just programmed to be an NBA superstar. Um, from the way, like, he's got a good support system around him. Um, again, this is probably putting too much on him from the beginning. Um, talked to his agent, Buna Njai, who has had a long relationship with the Spurs. He said, there's going to be a time when, when you know, there's going to be a chink in the armor. There's going to be a, uh, a time when not everything goes perfectly, but he's, he's kind of built to, to handle it. And so far, so good. Let's, let's talk about how his arrival changes the Spurs and how they do business. I mean, you can you can look at it already. You can look at it in a number of ways, like that press conference on Saturday at the AT and T Center. Uh, we've never seen a uh, we've never seen a um, first round pick introduced in exactly that manner. They did it last year for their 
first round picks, but it was kind of an empty gym, just just kind of us Yahoos. They're asking questions. Um, there have been times in the later pat on the further away past where they usually you know they just have a couple guys come in at the practice facility in that little room. Like the pop and circumstance Saturday was was new. Um, inviting they did the Arneson River Theater before they came to the press conference. Yes. Like when he flew in on Friday, Victor, uh, after you know, the morning after the draft, the Spurs are very adamant about getting the word out that he's going to land at this time in this place. Let's all of us uh-huh. fans, let's all go out there and greet him, which is something that they have never done before. He's going to have a documentary crew following him around all all year, which is something the Spurs really haven't allowed. Um, he's he's we talked about it kind of quote unquote off camera a lot, but on. As of uh, Thursday night, he became the most powerful human being in the Spurs organization, and that includes uh, his his head coach and team president, Greg Popovich. I, I think you know what's important to Wimby is going to be important to the Spurs, and not the other way around as much anymore. That's a, that's like we were saying, like you said, off camera. Are we on camera now? We're no, not, we're not, not a camera. camera on this. Oh, okay, okay. But um, no, he is. And it, this isn't like a, a guy coming in and asserting himself and saying, it's my way or the highway. He hasn't done any of that. But it's just, you look at it rationally and say, whose opinion matter now? Whose opinion matters most now among anyone related to the San Antonio Spurs? It would be insane to say it's not the guy who could, uh, you know, determine the fate of the franchise for the next 10, 20 years. Um, and, and I don't expect... The Spurs don't expect him to put his foot down in that way and 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 start dictating like a Mussolini or or name another dictator. But um, uh, <laughs> he he could if he wanted to probably. Yeah, he, he is. Yeah, he is. He has that lucky kind of that power. He, the Spurs are lucky that so far he seems like the kind of guy who's going to use his power for good and not evil. But yeah. he's he's uh, definitely got got the power to run run the show there. You know, back yeah. to the inter- interview I did with his high school principal, Barbara Martine. She she said, in in high school he was like that too. He he stressed to her because they had to do a lot to accommodate him in terms of um, his travel schedule. They had to do Zoom um, tutoring sessions and so forth. And he was apologetic about that to the staff of the school. It was like, I don't want to be special. I don't want to. I don't want to put you guys out. I don't want to trouble you guys. I'm sorry about this. So, yeah, he was accommodating um, even back then. And, and like she said, just very kind about the whole thing, not wanting to be a center of attention. But he is, and he is, yeah. he is special. He is a center of attention. Yeah, yeah. He, embra- along- he embraces that, but he doesn't He doesn't want to put people out. So, yeah. We we haven't looked into it, but he doesn't have like a an Uncle Denis or anything like that, does he? That the people signs. are tuning, people are turning out of tuning out of the podcast already. You're bringing up old wounds, old scars. People don't want to think about. Um, just along the lines of of what we've been talking about so far, um, just kind of his willing to jump right into the the Spurs way and and everything that that entails. I thought he sounded again. We don't know these guys. This could all be a, a, a an elaborate act. I, I'm Honestly. always careful not to say that guy's a good guy because we never we never really know anybody. Oh, I've known yeah. Jeff. Yeah. I've known Jeff Wait. McDonald 25 years. I'm not like I make assumptions that yeah. he's a good uh, guy. I'm a yeah, terrible you know I mean? person. You know that <laughs> exactly. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, uh, but but him talking about the dinner that he had Friday night, his first dinner in San Antonio at Bliss with Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Sean Elliott, Manu Ginobili, and at at a chef's table in the kitchen, there was just those five guys. I thought that what Victor said about that and how he was put at ease he he felt comfortable knowing that these four legends wanted to make him feel comfortable um i thought that was really telling and uh he he sees that even though he could put his foot down he could start using his powers for evil instead of good i think he he realizes that there's something to what the spurs have built over the the past several decades and he i think he genuinely wants to be a part of that continue it in his own way and uh that was just uh, you want to talk about the image of the weekend that that image that photo that he tweeted yeah. out uh of of him and four short guys including <laughs> seven and one david robinson and six eleven tim duncan i mean those guys look tiny next down did you did you see the uh, photoshop of that i guess it's floating around twitter somewhere where someone photoshopped uh, Fred's fish fry behind them. I thought that was pretty great. I was Oski. that was a Photoshop. I thought that's where it was. <laughs> he just oh, said bless. He gave it away. Okay, my bad. <laughs> um, but he yeah, he's jumping. He's jumping right into the to the Spurs way, and uh, we'll we'll see how. I, I'm sure the Spurs way won't continue to be or look or sound or or feel exactly like it did for all those years with Tim Duncan uh, and and Tony and Manu and going back to David. There's going to be some changes because it's a new generation. Yeah. Well, when Victor came off the plane uh, and and was going around, someone who was there mentioned that he he went out of his way to shake the hands of all the the traffic cops who were there, uh, uh, kind of controlling the crowd. And uh, uh, you know, the, he went down both lines of fans to, to give high fives and whatever. Um, but he also had his cell phone out and was taking selfies, as soon as you know, video yeah. for his social media. We haven't he, had a Spurs player who cared about social media in that way before. So it'll be Victor's, different. Victor's going to be allowed to be the global celebrity that Tony Parker wishes he was allowed to be when he was here. That's exactly that's exactly you know, right. <laughs> I mean, and this is not. Uh, you remember? I remember Danny Green. I mean, he's not a star or anything. I mean, if he if he had wanted to wield if if he were a star, it might have been different. But like the second he left San Antonio to go to Toronto, he got to start a podcast. Like the Spurs would yep. have never signed up on that. If Wimby yeah. wants to do a podcast, they'll they'll let him do whatever he wants. Were you the the not to bring up old bad feelings, but were you there in the locker room in Toronto when we went to the the first Kawhi game and we talked to Danny and I think either you or I asked him, could you have done this podcast in San Antonio? And he, he basically laughed in our faces. I I well, I don't remember that in Toronto. I remember they played here before that, right? And I went to shoot around. And talk to Danny and shoot around there and ask him that exact question. And again, he laughed in our face. I thought that I thought the first game was in Toronto. I could be wrong. No, you know what? No, the, the, first, the, the, the listeners can look us up. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Either way, I think it was here. Here they won, and then they went to Toronto, lost. Okay, you're right. You're you're exactly right. 
Very good. I stand corrected. Um, we can talk about uh, basketball. Do, do we care about basketball on this podcast? We talk about the off the court impact, which is yeah. huge. Uh, in our brief car wash express news interview at Barclays Center after the draft, Victor mentioned Jeff was asking about how he fits into the lineup and. Uh, Victor did confirm he wants to play a four, which I think uh, we've expected for a while. Like he's he's going to be the tallest player on the court. Obviously, he's going to he's going to play the quote unquote five for stretches. But they, I think they've always thought that he could fit in as that stretch four type alongside a Zach Collins, or if Jakob Pertl right. would have been around somebody like that. Right. And I wouldn't be right. surprised to to see them target another big man in that mold and and free agency, which is coming up. And just maybe there there could be lamps where he, where Victor starts at five along those three forwards that we've all talked about. So Hannah and, and Keldon and Vassell and a point guard. That could be a lineup. But I think there's going to be a lot of five-man groups in the floor where Victor is playing the four alongside a, a big man. It is going to be a little fascinating how the puzzle pieces fit together. Because if you do put Victor at the four and I guess Zach Collins at the five, um, like what do you do with Jeremy Sohan? He should be in that starting group, but he's not really a three. Like you have to be able to shoot. He's not really a three, but he needs to be in that starting. You just start five players. Like we don't even have have. Do you want to think it... really outside the box? Well, I think we you go for it. Uh, if if you want to do that, um, and you have Kelvin Johnson and and Devin Vassell as your as your wing guys, your two slash three. What what if this point guard is Jeremy Sohan? Yeah, we yeah we. Uh, Kind of mentioned I, that I think, before. I think more and more it's it's pointing toward that. You know, they 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 groomed him for that last year. He did reasonably well. Um, you know, I don't think that, that's the best case scenario for him, but I think I, he could he could do it in a pinch. And and Brian Wright, when we talked about when we talked to him about that in the pre-draft interview, he didn't rule that out. Um, right. You know, not that he has uh, all that much control over what they do on the court uh, during the games, but. You know, he he said they they're looking at a lot of different options. Yeah, and I think one of those for sure. In fact, I know one of those for sure is they would like to get trade Jones back. He's going to be a restricted mm-hmm. free agent, but he is. From the way the Spurs people have been talking all summer, they consider him part of the program. Um, that's not you know they can't make any assumptions about whether what happens in restricted free agency. You know, someone could offer him the max. You know that theoretically. I'm not sure they would pay him a, like a LeBron James max contract, but yeah. I think that they definitely want to have him around. And as we've talked about on the Spurs Insider many, many times, uh, Trey Jones would be a fantastic backup point guard for a a playoff, you know, championship contending team, and and a, a fine one for a, a a team in the Spurs position. Like yeah. I, yeah. I think if they enter next season with him as your starting point guard, you're you're pretty happy about that. Ryan, um, Ryan, I guess there's I other know, options too. Brad Wright introduced a new phrase to describe Trey that I I hadn't heard before. You guys may have, but described him as quiet glue. That was uh, quiet glue. And, yeah, kind of a neat uh, phrase to trot out there. I know we're just I, talking. I wonder about the, what I wonder what loud glue is. Yeah, um, but go ahead, Jeff. Draymond Green. No. <laughs> I think Draymond Green is loud glue. That's exactly. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I know we're talking about the starting lineup here, but you've also got Malachi Branham and Blake Wesley, who they're they're high on 
and could also give you point guard minutes in, in some kind yes. of capacity yeah. as well. That's yeah, right. I, think, I think Brandon will make a leap this year. I don't know if yes. he's a one or a two, but I think he'll make a leap this year. And I, I know they really liked Blake, Blake Wesley's athleticism and just like he was the one guy last year who could get by the man in front of him. Now, after he did that, there wasn't, you know, he didn't convert uh, shots at a very high rate, but um, th- there's a lot to like there if he can make a leap as well. So I think they've got some pieces on the bench at least that, that can help him out as well. I, I don't think there's this crying need to go, I mean, you know, go get some some obvious starting point guard veteran from some other someplace else in free agency. I don't know. If that's a thing that they'll go into free agency saying they have have to get accomplished. I think they have some some pieces on the roster that they think they can make work at least for this year. And I also think one thing we ought to think about, or the Spurs are thinking about, is I don't think they're looking at this as a playoff or bust year either. Obviously, they'd no. like to get that. They'd like to get that get there, but they'd like to get there organically, naturally not push the timeline not i mean when we were talking on the last podcast about chris paul like not do anything yep. like that but just try, yep. try to try to grow it with the guys you got and fill in the blanks with sort of um you know other other sort of just solid pieces through free agency they do have to spend money in free agency it's just based on the new cba like they're gonna have to spend money somehow but uh, to get I, to I the that, salary floor i don't know that it's going to be a very um you know yeah yeah to get the salary floor I don't know. It's going to be like a like a star kind of name, though. I wouldn't I wouldn't put my hopes into that. It could be a take someone else's contract that they don't want anymore, and have them throw in some stuff that you could use draft pick wise. Like the thing, I wouldn't be surprised to see a deal like that at all. Yeah, in the next month I, or I, so. I think that's a good way uh, to, to eat up some of that space that they have to eat up. And by the way, we've been unfortunately we're not proud of it. We've been wrong about some stuff on this podcast before, but we I think all three of us were totally correct. Uh, about the Chris Paul question the last time. That, ne- that never made any sense at all uh, for what the Spurs hope to be, their plan. And uh, it was not a surprise at all to see him end up someplace other than San Antonio. What about so Damian Lillard, we, though? I don't think I don't think Damian Lillard fits the plan either. Like, he'd be, he'd be fun to cover, but uh, uh, that that's not the timeline uh, that the Spurs are on. They're, they have everything set up to compete for uh, five years, six years, seven years, and uh, there's no real need to to dump all your assets into a win now type of situation. When when you figure uh, Victor Wimpanyama's peak years are are going to be uh, a few years away, um, like many top picks are, I've seen people mention his build and how how much like Giannis Antetokounmpo Antetokounmpo has has. Uh, has built himself up over the years and uh, the Spurs, I, I think see a long-term future with Victor. Um, Oh, I guess we can get into summer league. At least, uh, at least just, until he's 40, right? At least yeah. until he's, he's going to, he, he's he said at the press retirement. conference, he's, he's going to retire before he's 40. So that, that's something. Uh, summer league is coming up. Jeff McDonald will be our man in Sacramento, the city of trees. Uh, and that might be a uh, that might be where he can explore more what he was just talking about with Malachi Branham and and uh, Blake Wesley and those type of guys. Yeah, right? I think like, I like think Benton. that's going to be the the Malachi Branham All Stars trip right there. They only play two games. I don't think they're going to get Victor into those games. I think Victor might might very well be on that trip and might just be hanging around. I don't think that I wouldn't look for him to play until Vegas. I think they want to give him a little bit more time off before they you know their the French season just ended barely a week ago. 
I think they want to give him a little bit more time off before rolling him out there. So if you're planning on going to Sacramento to see Victor Wimbanyama, uh, I don't think you'll see him in uniform. You might want to save save your money and then and, and get to Vegas instead. I think that might be wise. We're not don't aggregate this. I think we're we're uh we're just offering some help. Just guessing people. Just guessing. I I would think it it's more likely to see Victor in Vegas, maybe just for a game or two than uh in in Sacramento. But Victor really wants to play. Victor a lot of guys in this situation wouldn't have played the French League playoffs as long as he did, up yeah. until what, just a week or two ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he really wanted to play in the in the World Cup, the FIBA World Cup this summer. And uh, I think he's done from our, our friends at Le Keep in France were the first with that news that he's, uh, I think he's decided after I found that, consulting I found with that the wise. Spurs that- I found that wise. Yeah. We're, getting, we're getting away from our summer league talk, right? But I thought, I thought that was wise too. Like, I, I don't think anybody would have blamed him right. if he wanted to play. I mean, I think that's- that's always a draw and, and almost uh, 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 there's a pressure from your home country to play yeah. in those things. So for him to turn it down was, was is, is pretty big. And I, I'm just wondering, we've talked to, I think we can, we can say that it's important for both the Spurs and for Victor Wembanyama and his, his people for him to be uh, in consideration for rookie of the year. And I yep. think, and this, for this starting this year, you have to play in 65 games to be eligible. So I think there's some yep. motivation for Victor to get to at least get, to get to 65 games. And I think sitting out the last half of the summer is a, a good way to to maximize his chances of, of getting to that number. I think if he did play in FIBA, I think you might be looking at something where be, you'd really have to push him to get to 65. So especially given that we don't know about his body, how it handles 82 games, how any how a seven three and a half guy without shoes. Uh, who moves that way, what kind of toll that it takes on the body. There's going to be a lot the Spurs doctors and medical staff are learning as they go along. But I think him, him resting up the end of the summer is a good way to, to at least give him a shot at those 65. And I would be shocked if he played in 66, but I think there's a real impetus to get him to 65. He's played a lot of basketball yeah. compared to guys in the draft. Like He's just 19, but you know mm. he's been in, in the pro league. Um, for more than one year, um, and just this past year, I, I brought this up many times, but going back to last October when he played against Scoop Henderson and that event in Henderson that I was able to go and see, like that was a long time. October's a long time ago, yeah, in, sure in basketball terms, and he's been playing ever since, pretty much. Um, like that was that was kind of the preseason exhibition for that uh, Metropolitan's '92 team uh, that played against uh, Scoot's. G League Ignite, and several months ago, Scoot, who had played, who's a, who's a competitor too, and who's I think is going to be awesome in the NBA, uh, wound up in Portland as as Damian Lillard's heir apparent. Like several months ago, he hung it up for the season. He he'd proven enough. He saw no upside. Those around him, understandably, saw no upside to playing the entire G League season. So he kind of took his rest. And uh, uh, you know, Brandon Miller, the number two pick. At, at Alabama, they played a college schedule, but he's been done since mid-March. Uh, meanwhile, the topic has been playing a highly competitive, uh, pressure-packed French League championship basketball for a while. And now he's going to maybe, probably play a couple of uh, summer league games. As much as, like Jeff mentioned, the, there's a there's this feeling of internal and external pressure to play for your national team. 
I think that's probably the right move for him to sit out that FIBA World Cup. Um, I'm I'm thinking ahead to we want to go back to summer league when he finally does get into a summer league game. Uh, we're assuming in Vegas. That's going to be a spectacle that I I would love to see. Maybe not just the way he played, just the entire how the just the entire spectacle will be something wild. I've covered it, 15 summer leagues or something like that, and the darndest thing I've seen uh, in any of those years was just Zion Williamson's layup line on the first game where he was going to play. They were in yeah. the Big Thomas and Mac. Everyone like the place was packed to the top. Everyone got there early, and they were just ooing and on and cheering for a layup line. Like if you walk if you walked in a little bit late, you heard loud cheers and thought, "Did the game already start? Is there already the game going on?" No, it's just the layup line. And because Zion was doing these just crazy dunks and stuff, and I don't know that Victor will do that, but maybe. I just think the anticipation the anticipation for that is going to be off the charts. So that's that's what that's more of. What was more surreal in Summer League in Vegas? That Zion layup line or the night of the earthquake? That was pretty that was pretty crazy too. Uh but it was kind of I, I'm gonna just say that was the same night. Like the earthquake was uh started by the Zion layup line. Which is I not think true. you might be right. It, they, they were different like nights, but I'll just we'll, we'll we'll conflate them and push them together. That's what we do with history. We decide so, it is what we make it. So you're um, saying uh my guy should get to Thomas and Mac. Uh, uh, tomorrow you should get there early tomorrow early. okay okay just voluntarily for the record jeff voluntarily offered uh to go to sacramento and to let tom have the uh vegas trip so uh, there's there's nice good guy. chemistry i'm a nice good guy. chemistry on the spurs insider uh podcast team uh people looking out for each other trying to play their role by the way we should mention we're missing sports editor nick talbot on the podcast today he was hoping to be here Said he was stuck at the veterinarian's office, and I've been trying we to have, tell him. Yeah, we have. Like, we have. He terrible... should go see a real doctor. We should yeah. go see a real doctor. Like with the say, we have news, we have medical medical coverage. coverage. We'll cover it. Yes, but you know he's there at the vet. I hope everything's okay with Nick. Uh, <laughs> me, meanwhile, is there anything? Uh, I open with the obligatory city joke. But this is he was on the one hand he got a better introduction. As his first draft pick, City uh, Sissoko, than any first round first draft pick has ever gotten. Yeah, because yeah. because yeah. they brought him in with the video on the on the on the jumbotron and the the crowd at the AT and T Center, which by the way was made up of a bunch of I thought it was really cool. It was a bunch of the Spurs employees. Uh, yes, about three uh, were allowed to come and bring their their people there and and kind of act as the crowd there. It wasn't open to the public. But the Spurs have a lot of behind-the-scenes type folks who uh, who contribute to the machine, and they were there to see it. But uh, I, I happen you bring to, in this... I happened to actually accidentally bump into Manu between CD and Victor's pressers because they were kind of back to back, like at the same dude, same. I ran to Manu and I'd asked him like, uh, "Hey, you remember when they did? They had all this uh, this huge press conference when they when they introduced you, right? Like, he, like you remember uh-huh. when they did all this for you?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. 57th pick, 57th pick, of course. He did all this for me. <laughs> well, see, he's a joke. He didn't even know he was drafted until like two days later. Right, right. Yeah, he he, he did not come the day after the draft. But CD's a 44th pick. Got this, and, because he's part of the Victor class, he got this pomp and circumstance and this highlight video and a full press conference. People watching, I think it was on um, Valley Sports, uh, 
uh, all this stuff. And by the way, he could, like he, he could pretend he that speaks the Lego three Eiffel languages. Type. Yeah, he could pretend the Lego Eiffel Tower was for him too. Yeah, I'm sure. He, he answered a question in Spanish, which was awesome. But my point with this is, like on the one hand, that was overdone. But they expect him to. Uh, they expect him to okay. contribute. They really well, like they, him. They, they I think he's going to get a two way spot. Uh, yeah. I, I, they might I would, have taken I would him a lot of money. What? They might have taken him at 33 had they not uh, traded that peg. Um, well, that kind of undercuts my argument. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, because if they loved him that much and were that afraid of him being taken, they probably should have taken him at 33. But they got him anyway. They were ecstatic to get him. I would bet a lot of money that he ends up with a two way deal um, along with. Uh, Former UT and New Mexico State standout Serge Jabari Rice. What? That's a really cool story. Uh, to our colleague Nick Moyle in Austin, uh, covered him this past year. And well, if uh, I'm not mistaken, wasn't even sure he was going to play basketball when he was in in high school in Houston, and now is going to play for the Spurs. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Serge Sir Jabari Rice will be the first uh, uh, British knight to be uh, play for the Spurs. Is that correct? British oh. Knight, as in the sneakers that were all the rage back in the no, not the BKs. Late 80s. The BKs. Okay. We're we're losing everybody here. Uh, Jabari's great. I got to um, I got to talk to him a few times following the Longhorns during March Madness, and uh, the best the best pump fake in the league, maybe as when he enters the NBA as a two way player, the just people fall for it over and over again, like camera crews. Uh, oh covering the the UT games would often like you'd move the camera towards the basket and you'd realize that he still had the ball. Um I'm not sure if he's gonna contribute a lot to the to the big team this year, but I think that was a, a nice little that, under the radar. Was, was that war- warning for a friend of the podcast, Daniel Ashcraft? Uh that is a warning for him. You keep, need to the camera guys can't fall for the, the shot fake either. Um anything else we want to cover before this will be the last one of June. Uh, we will get in touch with all the listeners, the viewers, whatever you are out there in uh, July, uh, maybe before summer league, maybe not. Um, by the way, uh, until we do see you again, you can catch up on all our coverage of Victor Wembanyama and the entire Spurs organization at expressnews.com. Sign up for the Spurs Nation newsletter. Um Get all your stuff there. Is, is, is anything else we need to cover before July? No, I'm good. I'm good. Tom, I'm good. Okay. Well, uh, we like to end on like part of my job on this podcast. I, I haven't said it explicitly, but I think the listeners are aware of it. You, you guys out there have been going through some tough times following first, first basketball for the past three years. I felt a responsibility to cheer you up each week uh, in our Spurs Insider podcast way. I don't feel we need to do that anymore because like, the city is just going crazy. There's mariachi songs already being written about Victor Wembanyama. There's dancing in the streets. There's honking. So you don't need me anymore. Go so, the other uh, way. And then the downer. Don't get I'm too high. Do that don't either. get too low. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. But I will say you should continue to take care of each other and to keep it real. <laughs>